Well, hello and welcome to another episode of Movie Bollocks. Welcome, uh, cinephile, welcome, casual viewer, welcome, person who's bored and just wants to listen to a podcast who can't get enough of my voice. Yeah, that's nobody. So, hello. Um, obviously, this is appearing in your feed where you get talking bollocks, where you get movie bollocks, where you get old bollocks. All the bollocks is in this feed. And if you are not not on Patreon and enjoying all the extras there, then, you know, you could do. There's a link in this podcast. There's a link in the descri description that says support the podcast. Patreon, $6 a month. You get shed loads of stuff. Zoom podcast, all sorts of bits and pieces. Um, I'm not going to go hard in on it right now, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, if you want to sign up, it's good fun. People seem to enjoy it. Anywho... As always, um, what have I been watching? Well, you're about to find out because there's a whole lot of stuff to get through. Um, yeah, quite a few films. A whole 26 movies. Hey, that's pretty impressive, right? And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight TV series. So, you know, we got quite a lot to talk about. So without further ado, I'm going to get stuck in. Um, and first movie first movie on the list is Thor um, Love and Thunder um, which has a little surprise because at the end of the credits there is a stand-up comedian who I know who um, I've seen for quite a few years but known from back in the day um, who suddenly appears as Zeus is it Zeus or well actually I'm giving loads of shit away here aren't I anyway it was a sight it was a surprise to see my mate Brett Goldstein there he's going to be part of the Marvel Universe that's insane anyway the movie um yeah it's all right not bad good knockabout um plenty of laughs plenty of action um and uh, yeah but I you know Without uh, there's uh, without Loki, it just seems a bit low key. <laughs> See what I did there? Um, yeah, it kind of misses Loki, and I don't know. It it, it was okay. Uh, I enjoyed it, but nothing special. Not going back to it. Anyway, next up is a movie that some of you may have heard of. Some of you may be looking forward to seeing. Some may not. Um, due to the fact that it's the new Jordan Peele movie. Yes, him of Get Out and Us. Well, keeping the one-word titles, next up is Nope, N-O-P-E. Now, the thing is, I really, really like the look of this movie. Um, for me, the problem with it is the structure. And the structure is because it's two hours and ten minutes long. And there are some great performances here, but I, I just cannot escape the fact that being two hours and ten minutes, honestly, if this movie had been one hour, 40 minutes, I think you'd have come out going, wow. But there is, there, there is just a whole section of about half an hour in the first act which can go entirely. It just doesn't do anything. It feels it feels a bit self-absorbed and it's just, yeah. So structurally, for me, it doesn't work, which meant that when the stuff does happen, I was kind of like, right, now we're getting somewhere. But I felt like I'd just been waiting a bit too long. You know what, you know what, you know, if you're in a restaurant, you order some food and you're really looking forward to it and then it takes a while to come out and you ask where it is and eventually it comes out and... 
you don't really enjoy it because you're now so hungry you just want to stuff the fucker down your face <laughs> okay i've gone off on a bit of a tangent but that's nope um looks good ultimately some great scenes all the rest of it but i was just a bit kind of like will you fucking do something in the first 40 minutes and and hence it kind of it, it yeah I lost my patience with it a little bit and um, so it outstayed its welcome a little bit before it even got going so that's the problem there but anyway check it out see what you think that was my thoughts next up Day Shift Um, on Netflix it's a Netflix original Um, basically I love you know I I like the idea of Jamie Foxx being a vampire killer and within the first 10 minutes I was liking it even more Um, I mean do you know what if somebody said this is one hour 53 minutes and nope was two hour 10 now this is not getting anywhere near the reviews or the praise that uh, nope is getting yeah admittedly nope is has higher aspirations you know there's def there's a definite spielberg kind of feel to it whereas day shift there's more buffy the vampire vampire um vibes than there is for spielberg but do you know what man there is some serious action. Just check out the trailer to Day Shift. Some incredibly inventive kills. Um, if you you know if you like horror, if you like action, uh, martial arts, etc., give Day Shift a shout because there is. It, it, honestly, I I enjoyed it. And if I had to go back and watch that again, or nope, it would be that. Oh, and of course. You know, who doesn't love a movie where Snoop Dogg has a cameo as, um, well, not the boss, but yeah, kind of a boss of Jamie Foxx. It's cool. Anyway, I enjoyed it. So there you go. And yeah, that's that. Next up, really, really lovely little movie called Emily the Criminal, starring the eternally watchable um Aubrey Plaza, who I can watch anything that she does. Down on her luck and saddled with debt, Emily gets involved in a credit card scam that pulls her into a criminal underworld of Los Angeles. The reason why I like this movie so much, and you all know if you've listened to a few of these, for a start, one hour, 37 minutes, yeah, that's good. But it's like you're watching somebody being slowly dragged into a world they don't belong in, purely because they need a bit of cash, which obviously is incredibly relevant right now. But you just watch the easy way with which once you cross that line, then there are no more lines to cross. It's just, you, you it's a downward spiral and there's nothing you can do. Um, no matter how decent a person you are or no matter how valid your reasons for doing what you are are, Emily is still a criminal. Emily the criminal. Really worth checking out. In my opinion, I really enjoyed it. Um, Next up, really weird this, and why I say really weird, is that it's a Michael Bay movie that's not shit. I know. Amazing, right? I didn't say it was good, though, did I? Come on, calm down. Um, If there's anybody who can turn Jake Gyllenhaal... Um, one of the most magnetic screen presence around today. If anybody can make you wish he wasn't on screen and make him really annoying, it's Michael Bay, and boy, he manages to do that. Now, look, this al- this film, nearly said album, this film is two hours and... S- actually, let's get this straight. It's not a film, it's a movie, okay? 
Michael Bay does not know how to make films. He makes movies. Two hours 16. Yeah, you can chop a lot of it out. But it really keeps you gripped and the way, you know, the way Bay films things. So people are arguing and the camera is spinning, going round them, you know. And you're, oh, yeah. And it's, it's just all, all these tropes. Loads of stupid action. Some brilliant action, but some stupid action. And I just thought, do you know what? I'm really enjoying this. It's going whatever. And then you just realise that it's like, okay, right. A decent film would have gone, made different choices at this stage, would have been coming towards an end. But no, as always with Michael Bay, you know, the movie is already at 10. Let's go to 11. Yeah. And it's just, anyway, ultimately, I did watch it all. But I found I had to go back and watch the last half hour because I was getting to the stage of, oh, fuck off. But, you know, if you just want some real junk action and some shouty performances, then, you know, Ambulance is for you. No subtlety whatsoever. Next up, I don't often say this, um, but this one I heartily recommend to watch. This one is called Black Phone. Now, if you've seen the poster uh, and you made some ridiculous um, assumptions like I did, then, yeah, um, it's not that film, okay? Um, Ethan Hawke is brilliant as Mr. Kind of Black Foam. There's all, uh, Madeline McGraw and Mason um, Thames. These are two kids. They are all awesome. Now, for some reason, because the poster... I thought this was some sort of like modern like horror film. It's not. It's actually set in the 80s, which is really really cool. It's beautifully filmed, very reminiscent of of sort of 80s um Spielberg. But unlike Nope, this is just ticking all right boxes all the time. It is gripping from minute 1. It's an hour and 43 minutes. I I've got to say, I loved this, and I'm I'm almost certainly going to watch this again. It is riveting. It is terrifying. It is scary. It is fun. It is a, it, it, honestly, there is so much that is good about Black Phone that I I can't really do it justice. But yeah, thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. Thought it was absolutely excellent. Um, and another movie which I think I have mentioned before because I've watched it before. I'm watch I'm mentioning it again because I've watched it again, and that is the absolutely lovely film starring Mark Rylance and uh, Zoe Dutch. That is the outfit. Um, really worth tracking down and finding this because yet again it's it's one hour forty five minutes. It's beautifully done. It's absolutely beautifully done. It's about a tailor's. It all takes place in one room. Uh, well, not one room, in one building. Do not let that put you off in the least. It is fantastic and you should be in from minute one. Honestly, it is one of those films that when it starts, just the way it's shot, the way it looks, the feel, the music, the dialogue, the characters, you just know that this is, this people, this film knows what it is and where it's going right from the outset can't recommend well i can recommend uh, the outfit higher because um i would put it up there with black the black phone well it's my second watch and again second watching really really enjoy it so you know 
it's worth a shout. It's worth a watch, sorry, if you fancy that. Next up, something that I caught by accident on TV, found myself watching it, and do you know what? Really enjoyed it. It was a remake of The Witches. Yes, Robert Zemeckis's uh, remake of The Witches. Screenplay by Guillermo del Toro. Stars Anne Hathaway, Octavia Spence, Stanley Tucci. And um, it, look, it's a kids' film. It's a remake of the kids' film. All right, so that's that's all I've got to say there. Um, if you want to watch it, watch it with your kids. If you're in the mood for something that's at night, gonna you know, it's just a laugh. Yeah, watch that. Um, yes, there's a great deal of CGI in there that there isn't in the original Angelica Houston one, but do you know what? It's really well done. It's it's cleverly done and it doesn't take over too much. It's a film with a heart. There's a lot of love. There's a lot of laughs. Um, yeah, um, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Now, let's go back to 2007, shall we? It's take. I cannot believe it's taken me this long. It's taken me 15 years to get around to watching Son of Rambo. Um, what a movie. What a movie. I love the way they've spelled Rambo, R-A-M-B-O-W, to uh, to save on, um, yeah, legal fees. <laughs> so anyway, directed and written by, Gar- by Garth Jennings. Great job. One of Bill Poulter's early films really shot him to fame. Um, Jessica Hines is also great in it. And... Um, Do you know what? This is just a... During a long English summer in the early 1980s, two schoolboys from differing backgrounds set out to make a film inspired by First Blood. Do it. Just, like, honestly, if any of that rings a bell, if any of that sounds like, oh, right, okay, cool, that era, that's my era, whatever, watch the movie. It's fantastic. It really, really is. It's it is just a classic British film of that era, um, and it's aged really well, really, really well. And it's amusing to see Will Poulter as well as this little boy because he's you know grown up to be this hulking great man of an actor. But um, yeah, if you haven't seen Son of Rambo, like I hadn't, like an idiot, then you know get round to it. Don't wait as long as I did, because there you go. Uh, next up on Amazon, 13 Lives, the story of the rescue mission um, assembled in Thailand where a group of young boys and their soccer coach are trapped in a system of underground caves that are flooding. Um, admittedly, that didn't happen that long ago. And some people have said to me, oh, I know that story. No, I'm not going to watch it. Oh, I know what happens. I know what... It's like all of these things. No, you don't know what happened. You remember a few bits on the news. You remember a few of the headlines. But... This goes in depth, in detail, everything that happened. It's a watch. Two hours, two and a half hours long. It is weighing in with a 7.8 out of 10 on IMDb. That's pretty impressive. Um, it's directed by Ron Howard. It's it's really well directed as well. You, you know, you kind of feel like the camera is just, it's just, just sat back a little and is just filming what's going on as opposed to being in there filming the action it, you just feel like you're just you're just kind of watching everything unfold with your mouth agape because it is an incredible story even if you think you remember everything about it you don't check out 13 lives if you want if that's your kind of thing now next up to the moon um some very creepy looking artwork for the movie to the moon 
um, it's a sort of little red riding hood but she's got a face covered and there's three hands coming out of where her face should be and leaves and all sorts yeah that that is a lot better than the movie um, a weekend of healing for Dennis and Mia becomes a hallucinatory nightmare when Dennis estranged brother arrives and begins to distort their sense of reality yeah uh, okay here's my synopsis um, female and male dickheads go on uh go to stay in a cabin um dickhead's brother turns up turns out to be also massive dickhead they dick around for a while the dickhead brother finally reveals himself to be the massive dickhead you think he is it's going one way which you kind of thought maybe it would and then it goes a different way then it ends yeah um if you want to put in the time fair enough you might feel it's more creepy than i did the problem I had with it, and um, and there's the trailer, funnily enough, is playing in front of me right now, and it's and I'm reminded immediately the problem I had with it is that when like you know dickhead weirdo brother turns up, he turns up, and he absolutely looks like oh, you're a fucking psycho, like literally like Jack Nicholson in in um, The Shining. Stephen King's greatest criticism of that movie is that Jack Nicholson looks insane before he even gets to the fucking hotel. Well, this guy turns up and you're just like, oh, look, absolute fucking psycho brothers turned up. Well, yeah, I'm not going to say any more about that. Anyway, next up, really enjoyed this. Where the Crawdads Sing. If you've read the book, good for you. I haven't. Only seen the film, so don't come at me with that. Oh, the book's much better. It's a book. Yeah? The book is not much better than the film and the film is never better than the book. You know why? Because apples aren't better than oranges and oranges aren't better than apples you may as well compare ocean liners with trees they're completely different mediums this film i really really enjoyed stunning performances day daisy edgar jones taylor john smith harris Dick, uh, dickinson yeah uh, this is just some of the most stunning cinematography and it's a lovely part of america like the everglades kind of like that kind of land it, and there's some stunning scenery it is it is a strange tale and you really feel for the protagonist for this girl who is um known as marsh girl and everyone just assumes that she's like you know guilty of crimes because she lives in the marshes unlike the rest of them that live in houses so you know i mean she lives in the house but it's in the marshes I'm not doing a very good job here. Really enjoyed it. It's just one of those old tales from the 50s when it was simpler times and then it updates and you see the whole life and it just, yeah, it's a really, really rewarding, rewarding watch. Ultimately, is it a love story? Is it a whodunit? Is it an outsider story? Or is it all of those? Well, let me know if you choose to watch it. Uh, following that, um, Bandit really enjoyed this as well just over two hours uh, Mel Gibson is in it but not much um, it's it's mainly starring Josh Duhamel who um, and Alicia Cuthbert and um, Josh I think is definitely he's becoming hot property and I can see why in this this is the true story after escaping a, a Michigan prison, a charming career criminal assumes a new identity in Canada and goes on to rob a record 59 banks and jewellery stores while being hunted down by a police task force based 
on the true story of the flying bandit. Yeah. So always I'm predisposed to like a movie that's based on a true story more than anything else. But do you know what? Um, the reason, reason this movie works is um, Josh DeHamel. He does piece any movie where your lead character can do pieces to camera and it not kind of break the fourth wall, it not feel weird. That for me is so hard to do. It's so hard to get away with. Um, because you can you can blow your whole movie once you once you peek your head over that fence and you know pop your nose through the fourth wall. This movie does it now and again, but it's brilliant. It works. Really enjoyed it. Um, and again, it's one of those where while you're watching it, you just keep going. This voice in the back of my head's going, based on a true story, by the way. So yeah, enjoyed it. Next up, Hellraiser remake. Two hours, one minute. Hmm. Didn't get to the end. Didn't care. Fuck them all. That's my review. Next up, I used to be famous. Um, no, that's 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 not me. That's not me saying that. That's that's the movie. That is the name of the movie. I used to be famous. It's a Netflix film. One hour forty four minutes. Absolutely loved it. Jesus, listen to that. That's my landline ringing. I've got to answer that. This never happens. And it was absolutely fucking nobody. Well, that was fun, wasn't it? Um, so anyway, I used to be famous. Um, follows Vince, a desperate uh, uh, former pop star who dreams of making a comeback. Um, he has an Im- uh, impromptu dr- uh, jam with an autistic young drummer. Now, what I need to say about this movie is, straight away, no, this is not the tale of, um, you know, uh, of... Uh, autistic boy suddenly becomes pop star okay he is not the main character the main character is the other guy vince um this film is beautifully done for for something that is basically fairly unrealistic um kind of storyline it's very realistically done um and i just couldn't help but fall in love with it i really couldn't um it start Ed Screen is brilliant as as Vince, um, Eleanor Mastura as as um, the mother, and Leo Long as the autistic drummer. Uh, just yeah, if you got net if you got Netflix, it's really worth checking out. I used to be famous. Again on Netflix, I came by. Um, follows a young graffiti artist who discovers a shocking secret that would put him and the ones closest to him in danger. Um, it's it, it uh, do you know what not a bad sort of horror thriller again on netflix one hour 50 not bad enjoyed it wouldn't go back to it not particularly memorable uh you know but kind of past the time don't put that on the poster and i'm going to say the same exact review of spiral from the book of saw you know yeah it's got um sam jackson in it and yeah it's got chris rock in it you know um but ultimately yeah, it's it, you. You just kind of. I was watching it, just thinking, mm, yeah, it, it, it's all right. It's on the screen. I'm watching it, but yeah, that's it really. Next up, enjoyed this movie called Fall. So, best friends Becky and Hunter find themselves at the top of a two thousand foot radio tower. That's because they elected to climb it, um, and yeah, um, I enjoyed it. It's one of those kind of, you like, you know, disaster movies. 
But do you know what? It's the minute they set out on this climb, it's really well done. I don't get on with heights particularly well, but I certainly wouldn't describe myself, you know, um, as as terrified or anything like that. Um, but this, yeah, climbing this pole, you're just like, fuck off. Why are you doing this? Why would any human being voluntarily do this to themselves? It is, yeah, terrible. But um, anyway, um, I I enjoyed this. I enjoyed it. Um, it doesn't run out of it doesn't run out of um, pace, which is very easy for this kind of film to do. It doesn't run out of ideas. It keeps going, and do you know what? Just when you think, hmm throws you a bone it throws you a twist and uh, really well done that's all I'm going to say um, the only unfortunate thing about best friends Becky and Hunter finding themselves at the top of 2000 foot radio, radio tower is that fairly early doors you realise that um, any girl called Hunter is going to get on your fucking nerves and she does that very well uh, she is just Mrs. Annoying. Most of her dialogue for the first half an hour is just quoting memes, memes and fridge magnets. It's almost like every word that comes out of her mouth, you could just fucking type up and stick on the fridge. It, it, that, and, and she is annoying in general. But, you know, nowhere near enough to like detract from the film or anything like that. I'm just saying that was my observation. But, um, yeah, I enjoyed Fall. I enjoyed it. Um, hey, I fell for it. <laughs> See what I did there? Oh, dear. Okay, next up. I mean, what a load of bollocks. Ticket to Paradise, starring George Clooney and Julia Roberts. A divorced couple teams up and travels to Bali to stop their daughter from making the same mistake they think they made 25 years ago by getting married because they hate each other. Lots of snarky, snappy, blah, 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 blah. Nothing happens that you don't expect to happen. Um, everything is in the right place. It looks beautiful. And you know what? Fucking loved it. Yeah. Several big old laughs going on. It's George Clooney and Junior Ro and Julia Roberts, guys. I mean, we're talking to, like, modern-day screen legends. If they can't make a script work, then I don't know who can, and they do. And it, it was just... A, it's a really nice way to spend one hour and 44 minutes. It really is. And, you know, there's just some lovely little bits in there. The movie is exactly what you expect. So if you want to go for it, go for it. Next up is a horror film called Matriarch. One hour and 25 minutes. And um, the IMDb rating is 4.4, which I think is fucking criminal. Should be way more than that. Way more than that. Now, I am going to be doing a special on this with my good friend, Paul Waller, of the um, fantastic podcast a year in horror make sure you subscribe to that if you haven't already so i am all i'm going to say is i've seen it i don't think it deserves a 4.4 i'm not saying if i think it deserves more or less but there will be more to come on that some other time now do you like documentaries if you do or you don't doesn't matter because you'll enjoy this one yeah i'm saying that i'm saying you're going to enjoy this one from minute one from the very, very first minute. How this movie starts, you straight away, you just go, okay. 
True story of Steve Glue, who spent the 1990s smuggling rare Pez dispensers into the USA from Eastern Europe, making millions of dollars. It was all magical until his arch nemesis, the Pezident, decided to destroy him. If any of that makes any sense to you, <coughs> excuse me, if any, if any of that makes any sense to you, you're probably thinking, hmm, I might give this a whirl. If that none of that makes sense to you, give it a whirl. This is a documentary that, you know, does what all documentaries do, borrow this from Mark Commode. A documentary should make you um, care about something that previously you didn't care about, and that's exactly what this does. The fact that ultimately this documentary isn't a, you know, you know, you say like the, the old classic Jaws, you know, uh, that here, Jaws, it's not about a shark, it's about other things. Yeah, well, yeah, there's there's lots of other things involved in this um, uh, this movie, including, including various um, mental health revelations on behalf of the, um, the main dude as his life goes on. Um, seriously, you will not spend a more enjoyable, more amazing hour and 25 minutes than watching The Pez Outlaw. Track it down, Pez, P-E-Z. Track it down. It's an incredible true story. It's beautifully told. It's brilliantly made. It's and and the reconstructions of uh, like are just fantastic. And the interviews with the real people are fantastic as well. Um, basically, the best documentary I have seen in a long, long time: The Pez Outlaw. Next up, Barbarian. Um, this seems to be getting a lot better vibes and and reviews than than I give it but there you go um you know people saying oh it's it's worse than the ring and the grudge you know it's uh, like yeah okay um put it this way um i i thought it was all right okay georgina campbell bill skarsgård uh justin long and i think um peter weller's in it as well um it gets a 7.1 on imdb and again you see now there i'm i'm in disagreement i wouldn't give it that much i thought it was a little bit more um uh janet and john straight ahead you know one foot after the other threw me a couple of weird twists here and there um but one one choice that the movie makes is you get about 30 to 40 minutes of a movie and then all of a sudden you are traveling in a car with somebody you have you've not seen before and it's like a completely new movie starts and it then takes him a good 15 or 20 minutes to get to a place where you're going oh right that's how it connects and that threw me a little i didn't really appreciate it and there's some lazy obvious choices that i think just hold this movie back for me yeah it's maybe a five but um i i, I, I don't like to give you know I like to give just boring old numbers, but there you go. That was Barbarian. Next up, The Best of Enemies, currently on Amazon. Um, this came out in 2019, and it stars um, Sam Rockwell. Um, and, well, he's, he's kind of like, he's your main sort of, um, how would you describe it? 
um, sort of Hollywood actor. So you've got Sam Rockwell, he's the kind of horror. You've got um, Taraj P. Henson is absolutely amazing. Sam Rockwell plays C.P. Ellis, um, real guy. And uh, uh, Taraj P. Henson, she plays Anne Atwater, real woman. You see the two of them being interviewed during the credits at the end of the movie. Um, there's some other great. There's some other great performances. Anne Hesh as the um, as long as Sam Rockwell's long-suffering wife. Wife, she's great. Um, it's a true story. It's a true story inspired by true events of civil rights activist Anne Atwater faces off against C.P. Ellis, exalted Cyclops of the Ku Klux Klan. In 1971, Durham, North Carolina, over the issue of schools integration. Basically, the black school catches fire. They want to put a load of the black kids into the white school. And they decide to have a big town, well, a charrette. I didn't even know what a charrette was until I saw this. It's absolutely fantastic. Absolutely fan-fucking-tastic. Two and a quarter hours, based on a true story. Incredible performances. True, I'm just, everything going for it. Um, really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. Absolutely, just totally bought into it. The characters, the passion, the era is beautifully captured. Wonderful. Wonderful. None of that could be said for Bullet Train. Um... If Best of Enemies is a perfectly cooked um, sirloin steak, then Bullet Train is a dog burger from a burger van. Um, I mean, Brad Pitt's in it. There's some good scenes. There's some good action. But ultimately, the whole thing feels like... I don't know... It feels like if Guy Ritchie was Japanese, this is the kind of film he'd make. Um, it's just, yeah, it's it's a it's a mashup of a number of movies, styles, traits, and they all just constantly clash. They constantly just bang together. At no point did I watch this and and for one minute did I think oh I'm enjoying it in fact this is the one this is the one the whole time you're watching a movie and you're going this is a movie this is a movie this is a movie this do you know what I mean you can't in other words what I probably should have said was it's very difficult to suspend one's animation uh, one's imagination fucking hell anyway you get the picture it's Brad Pitt running up and down a train there's some funny bits but ultimately fucking hell two and a quarter hours uh, sorry, two hours, seven minutes, absolute slog. Absolute fucking slog. Now, TV shows. Yeah, let's get straight into TV shows. Fuck it. Am I stopping for a glass of water? No, I'm carrying on. I don't give a shit. Let's go. First up, TV series, Andor. A-N-D-O-R. Um, Andor is another one of the Star Wars series. So we're getting a few of these, and um, uh, I like The Mandalorian. Who didn't? Um, I liked uh, Boba Fett, um, which didn't necessarily go down well with many people. I liked the Obi-Wan series. And now we have Andor, prequel series to Star Wars Rogue One in an era filled with danger, deception, intrigue, 
uh, Cassian will embark on the path that is destined to turn him into a rebel hero. I was watching this the other night and I was thinking, this is more, it, it's, it's more kind of political intrigue and seeing the background of how the rebellion first comes together and how you create a rebellion and you know you need to you need finance and you uh you want to antagonize the existing regime because you want them to over you know you want them to um to over respond and you know and because basically you want them to kick off so everybody can realize what a set of twats they are but of course that then puts you in that position of well if you're starting a revolution that you know is going to provoke um the iron fist of that regime coming down hard is it valid you know and so there's all sorts of that going on and for me i maybe came to it thinking it was going to be a little bit more sort of you know crashy bang wallop like like the other um uh programs have been and it's not that it's not that at all so um i'm enjoying it i'm enjoying it i'm fine I, i'm not the biggest fan of rogue one i gotta be honest but um I'm I'm enjoying the series. Uh, it, that's kind of it, really. It's I don't know. I don't know. It, it's it is it is like I said, it, more of a more of a, a a sort of political intrigue and like it, it's it's much more that than it is Crash Bang Wallop. So it's it's a very different kind of narrative and feel to most Star Wars stuff that I've seen up to now, it, it seems a little bit more serious, a little bit more based in reality as to like, you know, what this would be like if it happened. Um, whether that works or not is entirely up to you. It's in the eye of the beholder. So followed up by, mentioned it before, gonna mention it again, Karate Kid. If you haven't watched Karate Kid yet, it's on Netflix, get started on series one, cause it's funny and it's good. Okay, next up, Wrexham, yeah. Just one word, Wrexham. Or, more importantly, uh, Rob McKelney and um, Ryan Reynolds' purchase of Wrexham FC. The uh, documentary is called Welcome to Wrexham. Um, it's, about, it's about 18 or 19 episodes, 18 episodes. Um, and it is absolutely fantastic. It really is. And I've got to say this, um, when it finished, I popped a tweet out, including Ryan Reynolds and, um, and Rob McKelney on it, just saying, like, as a Leeds fan, I'm annoyed because they made me care about Wrexham and, you know, you should not care about more than one team if you're a football fan. And, um, and Ryan Reynolds liked it. Ooh! That was, a, that was a very special day for me and my ego. Um, so anyway, uh, it, even if you're not that bothered about sport, uh, it's it's worth a watch because they're eminently watchable and it is about them buying this club and they're sort of, you know, sorry for the using the uh, reality TV word, but it is reality TV, so I'm going to have to mention it. Journey. Yes, their journey. Um, but it's a, fan, it's a fascinating one and one that's really worth watching. So next up, The Murder Club, which I actually finished last night. Um, the Murder Club is on Netflix and it, it's, it's a bit different. It really is. Um, I think, how do I describe this? Um, you see, the thing is, it's, 
it's a bunch of kids in a um uh well what's the word hospice for cancer sufferers okay and they have formed this group called the murder club and they tell ghostly stories every night to try and you know just bring some meaning to their lives or you know whatever and it's it's something that's been going for a long time at this particular hospice that you know people are that they're aware of the history and um i re- i'm i've really enjoyed it i've really enjoyed it because it's very different how it sets up is the the journey of one person and how they get to the hospice very quickly you realize that this is actually about the murder club it's about the stories they tell and each night when they tell these stories you disappear into a a, a horror a, a kind of like a horror film within a supernatural creepy tv show so it's ticking all the boxes i might be making this sound more complicated than it is but believe you and me it's not difficult to follow it's very easy to fall into and it's enjoyable because all of the young cast are great really 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 great all of them one is incredibly annoying incredibly annoying but but you even soften towards her so what can i say if if you like sort of you know horror misty all that kind of stuff um but all but done in this really different way because when they tell these horror stories it's all of the people that you've that, that you know it's all the kids and the administrators of the the hospice they're in they are in these little horror movies when they're telling the story so it's it's you're literally just getting all sorts all the time and i've really enjoyed it made by the cast absolutely made by the cast and also make sure you watch to the very end of the very last episode um I don't know why you wouldn't, would you? Next up, the Winchesters. Hey, Sam and Dean. Remember Sam and Dean? Do we? Supernatural? Fucking great TV series. Uh, Watched every single episode of every single season. Um, But uh, Sam and Dean have moved on. However, one of them is narrating the Winchesters. And this is the story of their dad, John Winchester. It's only four episodes in. It's basically... um, it's all the good stuff it's supernatural except it's called the winchesters and it's different characters but ultimately pretty much the same and it's always cool when you get a little bit of uh, dean um uh narration going on as well so check that out cabinet of curiosities guillermo del toro's cabinet cabinet of curiosities on netflix brilliant loved it great Eight, eight episodes really cool if you like hp lovecraft definitely watch it it's somewhere between the um, the Outer Limits, Twilight Zone, um, Black Mirror, Armchair Thriller, if you remember that back in the day. It's got a, some of these have got Hammer House qualities to them, these episodes. Um, some are better than others. There's none that are, that are shit. They're all worth watching. Eight episodes. And that actual cabinet that you see at the beginning of each episode is wonderful. And Guillermo del Toro doing his, doing his best um, Alfred Hitchcock impression from the old Alfred Hitchcock Presents episodes. All eight episodes done by different directors from stories from all around the world. Check it out if you want. I'm enjoying The Peripheral. And in fact, whilst recording this, I've had a message from Amazon that tells me the next episode is ready to watch. So do you know what? I might well do that as soon as I've done this. But anyway, yeah, The Peripheral. Um, 
I mean, I've got me a, a soft spot for Chloe Grace Moretz ever since she was. I first saw her in the awesome Kick-Ass. Um, she's really good in this, um, and so's everybody, to be honest. I've got no idea where it's going, but I'm enjoying it. It is complicated. It is complex. Yeah, it's maybe not one to recommend to people who don't really like to think when with their entertainment. But cool, I like it. And the other thing I've just started watching, which I am a very, very much enjoying after just one episode, starring one of my all-time favourite actors, Jeff Bridges, is a series called The Old Man. And um, yeah, fucking hell. By the end of the episode, you're like, dude, he may be an old man, but I ain't going to mess with this guy. Only one episode in, but it's got me straight away. So I'm going to get stuck into that. Really enjoying it. And maybe some of you have actually already seen it. So, believe it or not, that is the last review. I have managed to cover all of the TV shows and all of the movies. I'm rather pleased with that. So, there you go, my friends. Hope you've enjoyed that. Hopefully, that gives you, um, a, you know, some stuff, some guides on what to get stack up for Christmas, for what you're going to be watching over the Christmas period. Save some of those beauties. The Pez Outlaw. Oh, that'd be a good Christmas one, I think. Especially because the main dude in it does look a bit santry. He has got a big grey beard. Mm. Ah, there we go. I needed some water after all of that. I hope that's uh, been enjoyable. I hope that has been useful. But most importantly, I hope you are enjoyable and useful. <laughs> um, thanks for listening. Always a pleasure. Never a chore. Speak to you again very soon with something else.